The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hello, hello and welcome. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. Welcome to the Visual Workplace, our weekly radio show where we explore and celebrate workplace visuality, letting the workplace speak. Letting the floor speak, letting the benches speak, letting the tools speak, letting the machines speak, letting the patients speak, letting our customers speak. The Visual Workplace. Every week we look at some aspect of that, of how to let the Workplace, the work environment itself, speaks so that we can reap the enormous benefits of it doing so and so that we can enjoy ourselves along the way. We can enjoy ourselves at work. We embed our operational intelligence into the physical landscape of work and we become partners with that which is physical, which, you know, honestly, we've kept mute now for a hundred years. We've never realized that the, that we have partners in those machines, those dark machines that grind away in those tools. So I'm really, really glad that you're with us today. I'm very excited about today's program. We're going to be talking with two implementers of visuality, Brian Hallstrom, Operation Division Manager at Moog Quickset, located in Northbrook, Illinois, just outside of Chicago, and his colleague, the great Jay Alfonso, Operation Division Supervisor. And you'll get more about what they do way beyond their titles as we get into our discussion. Quickset has its eye on the prize, the prize being the Shingo Prize, and it has elected to incorporate in its journey to excellence visuality on the production floor, a victory that they are right in the middle of creating. And you know what? Today's show is a perfect follow-on for last week's show when we talked about fractals, monkeys, and morphogenic fields. <laughs> Let me explain myself. You know, when we were talking about morphogenic fields, this intelligence net that surrounds each company, how difficult it is to change the configuration, the substance of that net. It's an invisible net, but it represents the way things are done in the company, the behaviors, the beliefs, the values, the practices. And when you bring in visuality, it's not only a new paradigm of content, it's also a new paradigm of thinking. It has to be implemented in a particular way. So this is, this is the nuts and bolts of what we were talking about last week theoretically. Okay, this is the work of shifting that field. That whole discussion is about the very thing we're going to be talking about. And as you'll hear, management 
management wants visuality and they want the 15 to 30% increase in throughput that it will produce. It reliably produces 15% increase in throughput. But the workforce that it is produced through is not so sure about that. Hmm? A workforce that is used to being told what to do and then going home. So Moog Quickset has elected to help value-add associates become visual thinkers using visuality as the bridge not just to empowerment but to reliable business outcomes. Okay? So uh, right now there's a little bit of sand on those sweet potatoes that we were talking about last week and let's hear how Brian and Jay are, are handling it. But we're going to get to that in a moment. I have just a couple of announcements, and I'll go through them rapidly. First, some of you have written about our big screen webinars. This is a way to train people long distance, you know, through a webinar, complete training package. Right now, following my yellow book, Work That Makes Sense, the new book that just won the Shingle Prize. So get in touch, and we can arrange for a sample viewing so you can check that out. Also... Did you know, because some of you uh, had asked, our books are available on Amazon. Yes, they're also available on our website, visualworkplace.com, so you can get them in those two places for sure. There are other distributors. And also, if you live outside the United States, we are happy to ship our books to you. You just have to call us directly in our uh, at our fulfillment partners place in Michigan, and that number is 616-583-9400. They do our fulfillment, our fulfillment there, 616-583-9400, and they'll organize all of that. And finally, the last visual thinking, visual workplace, visual thinking public seminar until October is in June, June 12th and 13th in San Antonio, Texas. It's sponsored by AME. You can find details on ame.org or on our website, visualworkplace.com. So, now, with that out of the way, let's begin our conversation with Brian Hallstrom and Jay Alfonso leading a visual conversion at Moog Quickset. Welcome, Brian, and welcome, Jay. I am really so glad you could join us today. Thank you so much. Hi, Gwendolyn. Thanks for having us on your show. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Hey, Jay. Hi, Gwendolyn. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. So, Brian, why don't you start us off with uh, giving us some kind of a profile of Moog Quickset so we can get a sense of what you do and uh, what your history is. Thank you. Okay, excellent. Quickset was founded in 1933. They actually started out in a guy's garage making wooden tripods for professional photographers. And that, that business eventually grew and started supplying the television industry with dollies to move the studio cameras around. So eventually the television wanted to go mobile. They wanted to have news-gathering vans, and they needed to have a mechanism for communicating back to the television station. And they asked Quickset to develop a positioning system or a pan and tilt so they could point their antennas and communicate back with the station. Quickset did a marvelous job with that. They now represent roughly 95% of the entire market share in North America for news gathering vans and positioning systems. So no matter where you go, if there's a news gathering van there, you'll see two quick set pan and tilts, one positioning a camera and one with an antenna on top of it. Fantastic. <laughs> and then something happened. Right, right. We we actually evolved even further and we became recognized by our customers as really the premier designer and manufacturer of these integrated ruggedized electrical mechanical positioning systems. 
you know, probably one of the most notable is that on every launch tower with NASA, there's a quick set pan and tilt. If you've ever seen a space shuttle launch, that footage is coming from the cameras that are being positioned by the quick set pan and tilts. Fantastic. Wow. So we have a very long legacy of rugged mobile applications. We serve forest protection, communications, maritime, critical infrastructure, and security industries. And you're in the military as well, I think. Absolutely, yes. We have a long track record of helping the folks, men and women serving our country, with being able to see uh, during the night. So oftentimes the MRAP vehicles uh, that are used to transport our troops, they need to be able to see in the evening, and we give them the eyes to do that. Wow, isn't that cool? So it, it, that's great. Tell us a little bit about your plant and... Um that sort of thing, and where the Moog came in the quick set. Well, we, as you said, we're located in Northbrook, Illinois. We're a relatively small site. We have roughly 100 people at our site. The direct labor or the value-added side of the workforce is 38 non-union full-time people. But the unique thing about our environment is that we have a very scalable environment. Our business can change by as much as 50% in a given year. We have huge swings in business cycle. World events dictate the kind of workload that we have, the demand for our products. Uh, so, so we have to be very rapidly scalable, and that core 38 people uh, really give us that ability. <laughs> so, and I'm sorry, go ahead, please. Sure. Uh, in, in, in 2007, where the Moog came from, um, we were acquired by Moog. Uh, now, what a blessing. Moog is a $2.5 billion publicly traded company with just fabulous resources that have really helped augment our product, our engineering, our design, our go-to-market. It was really a match made in heaven. They, they really are a worldwide uh, designer, manufacturer of precision motion control products. They do everything from the flight control system on the 787 um, to the... Uh, motion control that you see at the Disneyland rides. So just a phenomenal match. And what fun it must be to be making those products and be connected in that way. Give us a sense, if you would, of what your production floor looks like. You know, it's morphed over the time. Uh, you know, it's been around since 1933, and a lot, you know, a lot of small companies, as they grow, they start to become more and more integrated, and that happened at Quickset. So over the years... They manufactured wooden tripods and eventually the pan and tilts. They started doing machining. They started doing sheet metal fabrication, plastic injection molding. So they really were a very integrated company. Unfortunately, nobody really knows what happened, but they became somewhat stagnant. And uh, today uh, we've overcome all those challenges. We'll talk about those a little bit later perhaps. Um, but our, our shop floor today is really modeled uh, largely uh, in standardized U-configured assembly and test cells uh, designed or intended to support single-piece flow of our production. The material is all delivered to the plant on a daily basis through a vendor-managed or a collaborative material system that we've designed. And the entire facility, um, in my opinion, is extraordinarily beautiful. It's brightly lit, it's clean, it's ESD-controlled, um, but we have a long ways to go, and right now we're learning how to convert beautiful into highly functional and intelligent by creating a visual workplace. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. That's beautifully put. Wow. Converting beautiful into highly functional. 
What a great transition that is. So tell us some about your improvement journey and your role in it and uh, why you decided to challenge for the Shingo Prize and bring on visuality. That's interesting. I've been involved with implementation of lean tools and concept for over 30 years. And I've been at a number of facilities and, and have had, a, I would say, a fair amount of success. Um, right now, um, we've, as I said, we've gone through a transition from where we were operating three shifts, 54 direct employees. Um, for the longest time, we were at a $4.5 million revenues. We were losing money at zero growth, and we knew that we needed to do something different. So that's when we started a lean journey here at Quickset in 2001. Now, just hold that thought for a moment. We're sliding into a break, and we'll pick up your exciting story as soon as we get back. See you guys in a moment. Thank you. Thank you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. We're at the Visual Workplace, and we're here today with Brian Hallstrom, who's the Operation Division Manager at Moog Quickset, just outside of Chicago, and his colleague, Jay Alfonso. And we're talking about, we were just kind of setting up the discussion so that we could now begin to talk about the improvement journey that Brian has launched the company on, and he's describing to us what that journey was like and why he decided to challenge for the Shingo Prize and bring visuality in as part of that. So please, if you would, please continue, Brian. Thank you. So again, in, in 2001, 
uh, quick set uh, was really what I would say in a state of crisis, and, and we needed to make some radical changes. So, so part of that transformation or that turnaround strategy was to implement lean tools. So over the next decade, we've implemented 5S, cellular manufacturing, Kanban systems, and some, some rough at attempts at 5S and visual scheduling. Now, unfortunately, this was all driven by a friendly dictator, me. So uh, and I was very lucky in that we had a very accommodating workforce that supported those changes, but the, the truth of the matter is they were top-down driven. And these changes, um, combined with our go-to-market strategy, combined with a strong thrust on new product development, they really helped us grow this company and turned around it as intended. We started on a path of growth of 26% per year, uh, leading to $55 million in sales in 2011. So, Wow, you did that in 10 years from 4.5? Oh, my God. So it, it's, it's um, a great story, a great accomplishment. Uh, very pleased with the results, but there's, there's absolutely um, a plateau that we're, that we're riding on at the moment. Before we get to that plateau, just talk to us what that would mean in terms of lead time or inventory turns, what that what that jump was. So originally in, in 2001, if we look at that time and compare it rolling forward, in, in 2001, uh, we had 4.5 million in sales and we had roughly a million two in inventory. We had less than one turn per year. Our lead times were typically 12 weeks. We always had plenty of things we didn't need and none of the things we did need. Uh, so, so through the lean tool set, we were able to reduce our lead time from 12 weeks to two weeks. We improved our inventory turns to seven. Our quality dramatically improved. And I would say the quality of life here in Northbrook dramatically improved. Hmm. Very impressive. Okay, so now we're just about... Within the last year, something changed, and you began to want to go further. You developed an appetite for more. Tell us about it, please. Absolutely. So, again, continuous improvement never stops. I recognize that, and I understand that there's always more to learn. So I started researching different models. I explored the Malcolm Baldridge Award, the ITW Best Plants. I looked at various models that our customers were using, and eventually I discovered the shingle model and really became very engaged in trying to understand that model. Um, so to date, our lean implementation was really dependent on that direction of one person, me, and uh, blessed as I was to have a supportive workforce, I finally had that aha moment and, and realized that the top-down approach really isn't sustainable. You know, the, the short-term improvements were were as I said, a great story, but reflecting a little bit, I realized my ultimate responsibility to to mold our owners, our shareholders, our employees, our customers, our community, is really to create a constantly improving, a self-sustaining value stream that that continues for decades or centuries with or without me. And so I, I really felt the need compelled to uh, fulfill that obligation. So through discussions with uh, the Shingo organization, I was led to the visual thinking and the pursuit of the visual workplace. Mm-hmm. 
Very interesting, yes. And, and I came in sometime last December. I did our overview seminar. I met with your group, about 20, 25 people, if I remember. And your interest seemed to continue. And you decided to do operator-led visuality, which is called Work That Makes Sense, and uh, also uh, combined that with at-a-distance coaching. And that's when my relationship with Jay Alfonso, who's also with us today, began to develop. Now, just before I speak with Jay, talk about, would you, what you expected the visual workplace to do, and then we'll talk about what uh, Jay did, and then you'll be able to talk about what's been delivered and what is still beyond your grasp. One of the things that, that was quickly identifiable as a gap was the dictatorial approach to implementation versus the empowered approach. As we went through the, um, the visual thinking seminar with you, I, I think there were a lot of light bulbs that were going off for me that, that really helped me better understand the balance between lean implementation and visual thinking in the visual workplace. Hmm. And that the visual workplace, I'm kind of putting words into your mouth, but the visual workplace had something to contribute that wasn't exactly lean, but that lean needed in order to keep going. Absolutely. The the lean is a great set of tools. It, It can be applied and it can be very successful, but when it's applied simply as tools, it's not empowering and it's not self-sustaining. So there, there's absolutely great tools. The visual side is really, I think, where the intelligence and the communication and the empowerment come from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me set the stage for Jay. At this point, um, Brian and his group decided to move ahead with a sequence of training modules, which are these big, uh, big screen webinars, so that they found a pretty low-cost um, uh, approach, but it also included at-a-distance coaching because one of the missing pieces when we did our diagnosis, our assessment, was that there wasn't really an improvement infrastructure. <clears throat> I mean, now we know why, Brian, because you were the infrastructure and you were the, you know, the front, the back, the up and the down. You were it, and that's how things got done. So you uh, wisely and I think beautifully made the decision to begin to develop one of your chief uh, contributors, one of your chief um, employees, Jay Alfonso, into someone who could take on leadership roles and uh, begin to share the power. You began to share the power with Jay because the workforce wasn't yet powerful and it needed to be groomed. So let me just turn to Jay and say, hi, Jay, how you doing? Hi, Gwendolyn, very good. So we got to know each other pretty well and pretty fast in January, February, March. And uh, why don't you tell us what your responsibility was first in the company and then your role in the visual conversion? Okay. Uh, My responsibilities in the company are making sure that all the products are built with high quality and they are shipped on time out the door. Um, For visual, the conversion... I'm the visual workplace coordinator, and I'm responsible of the outcome of the whole visual conversion. Uh, this consists of many tasks from scheduling the training, uh, the training classes, blitz, any activities that is related to the visual, um, the visual training. And also I'm responsible of making sure that the employees are understanding and grasping the tools that we are training them 
in the visual training. Yeah, yeah, and and I remember our many discussions about this at a distance, so there was a nice comfortable distance between us, but I remember that we talked about how you are really responsible for the effectiveness of the implementation, which is a kind of, I think you were a little bit surprised to hear that kind of a responsibility being loaded on your shoulders because you thought you were just going to coordinate. But And it's very interesting, and I want to tell the listeners, the model is you really want to disconnect the CEO or plant manager, the ranking side executive, from the implementation long enough for the strength of people who have not been developed yet start coming up, which is J. So as, as, uh, I know you won't quote me because, um, because I know you, but I remember saying to you, Jay, Brian's going to get all the credit if this thing is successful and you're going to get all the blame if it fails. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. <laughs> remember that? But I think it was helpful because, uh, what, what it helped you to do is understand that you needed to not just pay attention to logistics and the activities, but really develop a strategic eyesight so you could see what are the implications, what's the impact of things going right and wrong and indifferent. And I know that you've worried about that quite a bit, but I really want to compliment you for absorbing the importance of that and also absorbing the task skills and also these more conceptual skills. So you are, uh, you know, a CEO in the making. This is your executive training program, and um, it's been a real pleasure. It is a real pleasure to work with you. So let, let's talk about um, a little bit more about what you see happening and talk about the thing that happened a month ago when you got your, you got your job added to a little bit more. That was a big surprise to all of us. Yes, uh, my responsibilities uh, got added on top of my... Uh, visual coordinator, and due to the business change of business, I took on the responsibilities of the in-house trainer. So I'm responsible to make sure that the workers are are the ones coming up with ideas, the changes in visual, um, because they're the expert. They they know how to build a product, not me. They're they're the ones working in their value field. Mm. Oh, great language. So you have three cycles going now, three groups that are going through the process, if I remember correctly? Correct. Yeah. So let, let's just see if Brian wants to add something before we we ask another big, kind of big, chunky question. Brian, do you want to add anything about um, what we've just discussed? Well, certainly the the one of the surprising elements here was how much impact this process has had on developing Jay. Jay is actually being forced out of his comfort zone and, uh, and is really showing tremendous growth. Uh, his, his role as not just the coordinator but as the hands-on trainer, I think, is really helping him move forward very quickly. So I'm very pleased with that. And if I remember correctly, Jay, I think that you're one of those Engineers, am I right about that? That's correct. <laughs> you haven't really, as part of your training, been given deep um, people skill training. But I think that you know you have a beautiful heart and a lovely way about you. You just needed an opportunities to know what people skills are and start developing them. I think I'm just uh, I just took over the interview and I'm telling you things. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, thank you for the the, the nice. 
comments there. <laughs> but, so you're welcome. And and we're going to slide into a break now. But after the break, Jay, I want to ask you about what has been hard about this new role. It's added on top of your old role, but what has been hard about that on a personal level and what's been rewarding? So would you please think about that and we'll pick it up after the break, which we're sliding into right now. See you in a minute. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. G? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. G airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to The Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn, and here we are again with Brian Holstrom and with Jay Alfonso from Moog Quickset in the Chicago area, where a group of people are creating great products, a great market, great revenues, and they want to go further. They're now in the midst of a visual conversion. We're about, I think it's about the fourth or fifth month in, and um, we were just at the point of my asking Jay, what was this like for you on a personal level? And I want to say this to you, everyone who's listening, that most of the time you hear about these stories when they're completed, when the victory has been achieved, when the journey or a big segment of the journey has happened and the learning has happened and the organization has been new, renewed, refreshed, transformed. But what I like and what I promised to do a couple of months ago was to bring people in who were in the process so that you could appreciate 
both that there are rewards along the way before the final victory, before you kind of get to the, the plateau of, wow, we're there. Now we can go further, but now we're, but at least we're there. And, and, and for you to appreciate that it really does have to do with individual commitment to do those battles, both internally and externally, and carry on to have a focus on the horizon and to keep going, to stay the course, to never give up. <laughs> so, <laughs> Churchill's my hero. <laughs> uh, so, Jay, tell us, what was it like? And you can even refer to, if you want to, what happened in, I think it was about February or so. Okay, yeah, of course. Um, well, it is and still is an eye-opening experience implementing visual conversion. For me, it helped me become a leader, a better leader, and a better person just for me, uh, being more confident. Um, you have taught me, and of course, I'm still learning about the about thinking strategically. Uh, think about where I want the visual conversion to go, and how I'm going to get there. So through your coaching, and what, and what happened? What happened in February? Oh, in February, <laughs> you know what you know um, what I mean. Good. I think it was a Monday night. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, it's where things weren't happening the way I wanted to go, and it was very stressful. And I really didn't know what to do next. Mm, but you did have an idea. Can I go? Can I? Can I just reveal this? I mean, Jay was at the point of saying, "You know what? I can't do this. You picked the wrong person. I'm. I. I don't have the skills to do it. I don't know what I'm doing. And I feel, you know, I feel like I'm way in over my head. And at that point, you don't know this, Jay, but Brian and I powwow together because we thought we need to keep this young man in place. Because he's valuable, he's learning a lot, and he is the right person. And and uh, I never told you this before, I'm telling everybody, but uh, it was a very uh, tricky moment because you, in fact, were learning and you had reached the point in your learning that you realized you had a lot, 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 lot more to, to learn. It's kind of one of those things you suddenly realized what you knew and what you didn't know and what you didn't even know that you didn't even know. So it was very important. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna kind of get you off the hook here. Okay. And, uh, turn this over to, uh, Brian and ask him to kind of, uh, follow on on that and also go a little bit deeper into these matters and give us his perspective on what was really happening right underneath. Okay. So I'm gonna elaborate a little bit on, uh, on Jay's story here. So, as you mentioned, we had a little bit of a powwow, and there was a little bit of a realization for myself as well. So this this truly is challenging work. In, in a small organization uh, or a group like ours, uh, a lot of the leaders wear many hats, and they're pulled in many directions at all times. And so it was very difficult for the organization, Jay in particular, to get the bandwidth to really focus on this conversion. And so Jay was getting frustrated. I was putting a heck of a lot of heat on him. I know somebody else that may have been as well. Mm-hmm. And there I was, confess. Mm-hmm. There was no evidence that we were going to be able to make this thing go forward. And my realization was that we had to help Jay focus on this. And really the hard work is 60 to 80% of Jay's time as an improvement quarter needs to be on the implementation or the conversion to a visual workplace. Without that level of commitment, I don't think we would have ever moved forward on our journey. Mm. So I, I mm. think that's just an absolute important thing is that the improvement coordinator has to be given time to do the work. 
And, you know, I would add to that, and this is for everyone listening, that you have to pick your your team carefully, and then you've got to give them time. One of the things that we know, and it's something I think that Brian and um, Jay, we've talked about quite a bit, is that that first cycle of implementation is for your change agents to learn how to do an implementation. Even if they are greatly experienced, if you introduce a new methodology, they need their learning time. They can't jump out of the gate at a, at a, at a, at a pace. They're going to move forward. They're going to blunder. They're going to move back. They're going to find their way. They're learning and they're learning something that's very subtle and very powerful. Let's talk about you, about you, Brian, what kinds of things you were learning while all this was going along with, um, with Jay and with the implementation. What surprised you? I think you and I have chatted on more than one occasion, and I was just absolutely shocked at how difficult it was to get involvement. The the, the pace is difficult. The the folks, you know, I, I I love the people we have. I often tell folks that it's the best workforce I've ever had, but they are all watchers. They're just watching, and I don't know if that was a, a trust issue or just uh, reluctance. I wasn't sure what was compelling them to watch. And what we were pursuing was to find rowers and, and uh, have some people, eventually all people, focusing on their value field. And I was just absolutely shocked that I had such a wonderful workforce that was con- content to watch. <laughs> Would you use the word passive? I, I believe so. I think I had, I had taught them to be watchers, to be honest. <laughs> Mm. They were waiting for me to give them the next direction. Mm. And all they did was wait. They waited, waited and watched. It's very interesting. Please say some more. I think, you know, it, it could be reluctance. It, it could be trust. Um, it, it, it's really, I think, about time, giving the people the time and reinforcing the training and the Kaizen Blitz with, with the encouragement um, making sure they're getting feedback, getting out onto the shop floor and asking them questions like, what did you improve today? What, what are your thoughts about an improvement or an idea? What can we do differently to make your value field better? What can you do? So I, I think at some point we'll hit a tipping, you know, we'll hit that critical mass and we'll get over the hump. Um, it's going to take time. Uh, right now, I, I think the real trick for us is to capitalize on the rowers that we do have. We really want to get those guys kind of into the jet-propelled speedboats and, and mm-hmm. leading the way and, and mm-hmm. hopefully creating a wake that pulls the watchers on board and has mm-hmm. them become rowers. And, mm-hmm. you know, God help us, the, the grumblers may even get on board. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting model, and this is my experience speaking, and I believe, Brian and uh, Jay, it's yours as well, that there is no way to mandate empowerment. You can mandate the requirement of empowerment as an outcome. We will become an empowered workforce. But the process of actually drawing people out, because you you are dealing essentially with a single person every time. You're You're dealing with a person who has a full life, a person who has their fears and their beliefs and their values, and you are inviting them into a place that they've never been invited to before, which is the place called thinking. And, you know, in a way, people are trying to figure out how to become thinkers. And the thing that's great about visual is that we're talking about very 
cool devices that are actually going to help individuals at their work. That's why we drive it with the need to know. That's why we even talk about eye-driven because of this segmentation of the team into the individual eyes. And it's personal. And the other thing that's personal is that, that we are in charge of our own will. I mean, some people don't know how to participate. So their yes has to do with, I don't have the skill yet. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't feel safe. But the other part of it is they don't want to. And I really, I mean, your workforce is feisty and there's, it's a real mixed workforce. You've got people from India. You have lots of people from, uh, who speak Spanish. A lot of people who, I think you have Vietnamese. It's a real mixed workforce. A lot of different cultures. But all of them inside have to decide, yes, not only do I want to, but I can do it. And that is the hard work. That, and that is also the purpose of this first cycle that you're in. This first cycle and the second and I think that it may take two full cycles. So let me just see if there's a comment that either one of you want to make on my little holding forth that I just did. I, to add. We're, Go we're, ahead, please, Jay. We're committed to, to doing this. Um, it, it's, it's a, on the flip side of this, even though we, we've had these challenges, we do have some rowers, and it's a tremendous amount of fun to see these guys and girls pop up and start their journey on on the visual workplace and on continuous improvement and it it makes me wonder um because to be honest that that dictator still wants to come out once in a while um but they're they're starting to run and it's going to be a heck of a job to catch up to them can that's great uh i i've been i heard you say that the other day when we were talking can you give us some concrete examples there was something about mickey mouse that either you or jay talked about that had some relevance to our discussion. Jay, you want to take that one? Sure. <laughs> uh, we were implementing uh, borders and addresses, and one of the workers came up with um, putting borders around the keyboard and the mouse, and they put the address, Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, and that, that was great. They're being creative, thinking on their own. That's what we want them to do. It's a great example, even though it could be missed or, you know, just seen as cute, what it is is someone's personal mark on something that is an ordinary protocol, borders, home addresses, ID labels if possible for everything that casts a shadow, right? But here we have uh, a, a tiny glimpse of what ownership means to make it their own. You know, many of you who have been listening to me, I am not a proponent of standardizing visual because when you standardize visual, you get rid of the innovation. Everything becomes vanilla. So I thought that that was just super cool. And tell us some more about what you see happening. What are the visual components? What are you seeing? What signs of life are there, this, these hard-won victories? Jeff, if you don't mind, I'll step in here. So as I walk around the plant on a daily basis, I'm seeing things change dramatically in, in the cells. We have a couple of two or three focus areas, and every day I go by, the people are pulling me into the cell to show me what they've done. We have, we have a gentleman named George. He works in our tripod area. He has borders around every step of the process. He has addresses on all those steps. He's designed fixturing to mount the computer and clear his workspace so that the work would flow for him. He, he's, he's a dynamo. He, every day he's got ideas that he wants to share. He, 
pulls in, oh, I have an idea, oh, I have another idea, and can we do this, and what about that? Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's one of these guys that's taking a hold of this, and you mm-hmm. can see the mm-hmm. the transformation physically in the cell, but you can mm-hmm. see the attitude of the people. Yeah, 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 well. that's the tipping point, that's the tipping point. We'll be right back, and we'll continue this. Thank you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn, and we're in the last segment of our show today here with Jay Alfonso and with Brian Hallstrom from Moog Quickset, and we're talking about their experience and their process in the early stages of a visual conversion. They are, have started their conversion on the operator level, level through operator-led visuality. And so the folks who have gone through this process, and George is one of them, Jerome is another, <clears throat> There are many, many other names. They go through a process of learning about visuality and seeing hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of examples. But these examples are organized around principles and practices of visuality. And they are deep, robust examples where you can see layers and layers of logic. And you can see them in a visual format. So that's very, very interesting. And what we're doing in this show is taking a little moment out in the process of this plant, finding its way to the horizon called a visual workplace so that it's in process and you have a chance to hear what it's like to be the ranking site executive who's invested a lot of money, a lot of production time, a lot of hope, a lot of vision in an outcome that 
he has not experienced before. Brian has never gone through a visual conversion, but he knows that something needs to change. He vetted the methodology, and he's saying, I'm putting my money on this horse. And he has, as his comrade and colleague, J. Alfonso, who is going through this journey, who in a way knows even less because he doesn't have the years and years and years of experience that Brian has in just being in the workforce and leading companies. So it's very interesting. We're going to visit Brian and Jay again in about, oh, say five or six months and find out what new things are happening. Just before the break, we talked about George and how George is ignited. Something ignited in my soul. I've read you that poem before, fever or unremembered wings, and I went my own way deciphering that burning fire. So he's ignited, and this is the tipping point. The tipping point means you have found yourself one rower, and then you'll find yourself a second rower and a third rower, and you fan the flame, this ignition in the rowers, until they begin to create these sections of showcase-level visuality where they're simply driven by their own vision. So I'm holding forth, and, you know, shame on me. This is a show about you, Brian. And, Jay, let me turn the reins back onto you and, and uh, ask you if you want to add or if you want to move in another direction. I, Comment I think, on what I just said. <laughs> absolutely. It was um Really, this this transformation with George really happened very recently, and it and it I believe that it's contagious. When I when I go into the into the tripod cell where George works, um, the other people in the area are are smiling. When when I walk over to see what's happening, they're very pleased to tell me what they've done and what they're thinking about. And and their their cell leader, um, GP, is. Is really taking on another role. He's working in the shipping area, and he's starting a little fire over there. So these little fires are starting to ignite in multiple places, and I'm I'm getting very excited about the potential here. Mm-hmm. 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 So we're kind of moving, if I may, towards this idea. If no one is insulted, of hundredth monkey, we're gaining a critical mass, and it's a critical mass around a certain profile, a new profile. We call it empowerment. Ah, I'm going to stop talking. Please, Jay, do you want to add anything to that before I ask my final question? Um, yeah, I've been seeing uh, more and more uh, people get involved. Even in the training room, I'm getting more and more people uh, volunteering and being more excited in the training. So that's that's really making me, you know, more excited about training and um, doing the conversion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it happens in the training room. And, and I, can I mention one technique and maybe you'll comment on it, uh, Jay. One of the things that we ask trainers to do when they ask people to share is before we ask them to share, we say talk amongst yourselves. And we just have people, we throw a question out there. Where would you apply this? What do you think about that? Where have you seen a visual device since the last time we met? Or how do you think this particular device that you see on the screen works? And we say to them, you know, before I take your answer in in a group, talk amongst yourselves and figure out what that is. And that gives people that little moment to gather their thoughts and to feel their own power. And I think, Jay, that that's been one of the major things that has helped your training training, uh, event, that people are talking amongst themselves first and then they're talking to you instead of kind of being caught like a deer in the headlights. 
And yeah. I'd love your comment. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's given them the power of, you know, getting their thoughts and getting their ideas and then talking about it, which is what we want them to do. Such a small thing. Yes. Well, I've had so much fun with your group. Brian, is something else you want to add? I can feel your thought waves coming across the my earphones. I think it's important, at least from my perspective, to, to summarize a little bit what our journey has been like to date. You know, the, the first thing was that I didn't really understand the balance between lean and visuality. I, I just didn't get it. I had worked with lean tools so often and had very good success. The, the visual workplace is, is so much more than application of tools. It's really bringing a lot of information and knowledge and sharing to our workplace. Um, it, it's a huge amount of work. Requires a lot of time. I'm grateful to Jay for everything that he's doing and his endurance because he's been under a lot of pressure. And, uh, and, and for me, I just need to keep reminding myself to be patient, to let the process work, and, uh, you know, keep that friendly dictator at bay. How is he feeling that our dictator? What's I want to come out and nowadays? play. <laughs> you want to what? I want to come out and play. I want to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, is that so? Absolutely. Ah, and are you? I'm getting involved by encouraging others, and, and I think uh, that's the best capacity and role I can play at this time. Mm. And that uh, takes a little bit of holding back, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And is it worth it? Do you see? Do you see that that's beneficial? When I start seeing the. The little fire starting with George and GP and Elvira uh, and many, many others. When I start to see these things that these little fires are igniting, absolutely it's worth it. Mm, mm. That sounds like there might be some business benefit in there for you. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I believe that we'll see a step function change far beyond where we're at. I can really envision the productivity changes, and, and really the workforce knowing, understanding, and applying their talents to meet our business intent. So that at any given point, if you've got a problem, you can turn to them as a resource. Absolutely. Yeah. Strength in numbers. Strength in numbers and good numbers as well. I had a wonderful time with you guys today. I hope those of you who are listening have benefited from this and have enjoyed it. I want to encourage you to think about the things that we've discussed today and to identify for yourself that you are that person and that you are facing some of the same challenges and you have many, many of the same strengths. Thank you, Brian Hallstrom from Moog Quickset, and thank you, Jay Alfonso from Moog Quickset, for joining us We are um, really, really pleased that you're here and interested to know what will happen in six months when we invite you back and um, we see the progress and hear the stories. Thanks very much. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm signing off. See you the next time. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.